0: Hey, welcome everyone to Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, which is probably brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today started her career in customer experience and digital strategy at the age of 18, so a couple of years ago, delivering award winning campaigns for big brands such as Starbucks, Electronic Arts, EA, as we all know it, Nike. She's since promoted to cannabis retail and has worked with some of the most influential cannabis retailers in the industry. I want you all to welcome Anne Farkutsa, who is head of strategic partners and in industry relations with Dutchie. Anne, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Brian Thanks so much for having me on your show.
0: Oh, had to do it. I was forced <laughs> I had to do it. You
1: were forced to. That's what the <laughs>
0: No, you created, you created the energy. I had to bring you in, you know, this is great. All
1: right. All right. Good recovery. Good recovery. Yeah,
0: I tried. I tried. Try. <laughs> hey, so this Dutchie thing, that Dutchie's first impact in the industry was in Canada, correct?
1: No, we're originally based in Bend, Oregon, and then we are in Canada as well. So we currently cover um over, we currently support over 6,000 dispensaries all across North America. So both both U.S. and and, and Canada. Canada, yeah. Okay. But Dutchy did start in Bend, Oregon, and now we're we're slowly expanding. Hopefully, one day all over the world.
0: Okay. Yeah, to- total. Let's talk about Dutchy because I, you know, you kind of taken over the industry and in what you do, and and payment software, right, uh-huh. for legal dispensary. So, uh, tell us about what you do, and for Dutchie.
1: Yeah, so Detchy is an all-in-one dispensary platform solution. So like you said, Bern, we do cover um, cannabis payments. Um, Cannabis payments is a a big part of the industry, especially for dispensary operators. Uh, And with that, we also have point-of-sale, inventory management, compliant reporting, e-commerce. And we recently started offering insurance. Um, So my role, I... I've been focused primarily on New York and yeah. starting to expand more into, you know, other new markets. Um, but New York has been my primary focus. Um, and and part of my role uh, is working with various social impact groups and foundations on um, New York. Um, we've got a great relationship with folks like the Bronx Community Foundation, the Bronx Cannabis right. Club as well as supporting uh, educational programs um, in New York. I don't know if you remember, but I think, gosh, when was it back in December, maybe? There was an announcement saying that the governor was releasing uh, $5 million million, uh, to invest towards um, cannabis-specific educational programs um, in New York. So we've been supporting uh, some of those uh, colleges as well, such as uh, Duchess, uh, University of Buffalo, Nike, um, Eric Quanty, right. and, and supporting those programs through our compliance software.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, I did hear about that. And I know that you have a big impact in New York. But when I think of you, though, Anne, do I think, should I be thinking of you, of of your building relationships with your in customers, say dispensaries, mm-hmm. and the owners of those dispensaries, or the environment, the ecosphere that surrounds the industry. How should we be thinking about what you impact?
1: Yeah, so mine is more on the partnership side. I mean, it's all like intermingling, right? Like one informs yeah. one informs the other. Um, so yeah. so with myself, it's like I I go out and seek relationships, um, like in social impact groups, associations, right. different foundations education centers, um, as well as really like any type of partner channel um, that would also be working just with dispensary operators and finding ways to partner together where we get introduced to dispensary operators um, or we introduce them to dispensary operators as well. Uh, and that, as you know, like in this industry, it's it's so hard to do everything yourself, right? So it's it really is like leaning heavy on, on partners and also doing our part to to do what we can to ensure yeah. that this like beautiful cannabis industry is is a success and <laughs> what it <a Yeah>. can <laughs>
0: That's great. That is great. So w- let's let's talk about how you got to cannabis because you know in my my introduction, right, we talked about some big brands that you've yeah. influenced, right? So you've you have this experience with understanding branding and big brands and how they operate, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that's helping you. When did you, when did you make the decision? How did you make the decision that cannabis was the next thing for you?
1: Uh, well, that's a that's a good question. So you're absolutely right. I did start mm-hmm. off in the like customer experience, like UX uh, agency background. Um, I used to yeah. work in advertising, uh, which led me to work with big brands you know, like EA, Starbucks, and Nike. From there, I ended up working at uh, a retail software company. And then that retail software company eventually started this cannabis arm. okay. And I was, you know, I was one of the core team members to start that. Um, and then from there, like Dutchy happened to be a partner. and mm-hmm. that's how I found out about Dutchy. And then here we are today. And the thing is with Dutchy, the thing Duchy's really, at Dutchy, we are. Our north star is being dispensary first. For okay. myself, like personally, um, I personally think that dispensary operators they have the most difficult job in the supply chain in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, both from a value standpoint, um, Dutchie and I are are very aligned, and I am grateful to be to be at Dutchy to to be at a company that has the same ethos that. That I do on a personal level.
0: That's great. I want to go there. Uh, I'm I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because let's remove cannabis mm-hmm. actually from the conversation and just talk about you from the perspective of your personal scorecard, right? Okay. Yeah. What's What's important to you as as a human being functioning in this world?
1: Well, let's go way back, Vern.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, okay. All right. Don't scare me. Don't scare me.
1: All right. Uh, so the the thing that really like motivates me to to wake up every morning and, and be in this industry is it's really like so for myself. So I I live in Brooklyn part time now. I also like I'm Canadian. I'm a Canadian citizen. And But I wasn't born in Canada. I was actually born in a little tiny town uh, called Syria, Brunei, um, which is primarily like a Muslim country. And when I was born, my parents made the decision to move to Canada. um, And one of the big reasons is to give me an opportunity, a a chance at equal opportunity, um, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, which is something that Canada can afford and Maybe not all all countries um, offer those same equal opportunities for for women. Mm-hmm. So people who are Asian. I'm uh, Chinese, and mm-hmm. and I've always that's always really stuck to me that my parents did sacrifice a lot to start over um, and come back and and move to a new country um to give me a better life and an equal opportunity. So bringing that back to to myself and and the cannabis industry um when i look at the cannabis industry and when i look at cannabis retailers um I'll, you know even even like living in canada where where cannabis has been federally legal for over right. 4 years now there still is a lot of you know there's a lack of equal opportunity for cannabis retailers despite the fact that you know, you are that the cannabis industry is a licensed legal industry federally. There's still issues like you you cannot get bank a bank account uh, in, in Canada. There's a lot of trouble still insuring folks, um, cannabis businesses. And uh, for dispensary operators in, um, you know, all over, it's like the rent, like you see it, especially here in New York, it's like the rent is often like 10 times more than if you were to open up another, like a regular retail business. So, oh. yeah. So in my sense, it's like, uh, when I look back, when I look back in my life and if, if there's either like a white paper or there's something that, that comes out where, you know, cannabis retailers, they're not only treated like all other retail, just like regular retail, not cannabis retail. It's just retail, right? but not, you know, not only like an even playing field, but we look at cannabis retailers as as a best practice, or like what was their playbook because just like some of the the most hardworking, passionate smart, mm-hmm. smartest folks that I know are all you know in the cannabis industry, and many of them are cannabis retailers
0: retailers, yeah, yeah, so what what I take from that is that you look at the choices your parents made, and they mm-hmm. and, and, and and in your mind, Canada was a strategic choice.
1: Oh, uh-huh.
0: hello. Because of the human rights concern. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. And that gave you this opportunity. And, and what I'm hearing is that what you do for Dutchie and maybe what yeah. you did for other companies before Dutchie mm-hmm. aligns with all of that, meaning you equal opportunities for people of color, for yeah. women, for yeah. all folks uh, yeah. in industry.
1: Just for all candidates, like for all anyone mm-hmm. in the cannabis industry right you know like yes absolutely like people color women but just like anyone in the cannabis industry when you look at and I think that for us like we live breathe and eat the cannabis industry so we might yes yeah. we might be in our own little happy bubble but like there's a whole world like outside of that and when they when when they look at the cannabis industry there is like there is still a stigma. There is still a level of like accepted discrimination, like not to sound dramatic, but there is like, you know, when if someone was like, oh, I can't, if I, I mean, if you had a store and you sold t-shirts and you're like, oh my gosh, like my landlord, he's just, he's just like charging me like 10 times more rent than the other like store across the street. Like we would all be, you know, we would all be up in arms or it's like, oh, I can't get insurance. Like, we would be horrified right. and be like let you know let's like put that on the news and blah 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 but then all of a sudden if it's a dispensary like a, a licensed legal cannabis retailer that pays tax just like everyone else is doing everything above board and they're like oh my landlord is like making me pay 10 times the rent the, sometimes you get the reaction it's like oh because you're in the cannabis industry like you're right. you're selling drugs like it Right. And all of a sudden it's like socially acceptable to be like, oh, okay, I guess that's okay. And then there's also things like 280E that, you know, there's this, um, you know, there's banking, like there's the, something that Dutchie, like we feel really passionate about is having the Safe Banking Act pass. So right. there's, there's basic human right things in the cannabis industry too, that, that you, you see the rest of the world openly discriminate and I think and all of a sudden that's okay like it's not okay <laughs> no, no. Good people in the cannabis industry
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely and we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back I'm Vern Davis I am your host of Plant Profits and Plant Profits is proudly brought to you by Protus Global my guest today is is Ann Farkutsa and Ann is the head of strategic partners at Industry Relations at Dutchie we'll be right back Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and welcome to Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Crotus Global. My guest today is Ann Fokutsa. Ann is the Head of Strategic Partners and Industry Relations at Dutchie. So, Ann, this has been great. The first segment we really talked about the work that is being done uh, and why, and your why, Mm -hmm. which was very, very kind of you to allow us to get into that. Let's talk about the competitive landscape of what Dutchie does in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you guys compete and why Dutchie? So talk to me about that a little bit.
1: I mean, it is really interesting to see mm-hmm. the evolution not only of of duchy, but the cannabis tech industry um, sure. and overall the cannabis industry. Um, so when uh, when I first got in the cannabis tech space, that was gosh, like almost six six or seven years ago. Where
0: that's about forty years, yeah,
1: exactly in cannabis years, right? <laughs> And at the time, it's like I was working for like a cannabis point of sale company at the time. And Dutchie Mm -hmm. was just not just, but like Dutchie was an e-commerce, a cannabis specific e-commerce company at the time. And then, you know, just over the years, like Dutchie's evolution um, and and what our offering has really evolved into more of an all in one cannabis tech platform for dispensary Mm -hmm. operators. So point Mm -hmm. of sale plus e-commerce plus payments. Um, And then now we offer insurance. And what what's that saying? It's like imitation is the best form of flattery. Flattery, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we we were one. We were the first uh, cannabis tech company that I'm aware of to Mm -hmm. evolve into that. And so you you see other folks in the cannabis tech space like they're evolving into this all in one platform because it really does solve a real problem for dispensary operators where. You know, in in theory, integrations should all play nicely. Like products and software should all play nicely with one another. In reality, um, sometimes there's there's technical uh, complexities that that prevent that from happening. And so, in order for us to deliver on our brand promise, which is to ensure dispensary operators are su- are successful, so we're successful, we really had to own that entire experience so point of sales e-commerce payments when again like like i said before um our north star is dispensary first and then a lot of our mm-hmm. dispensary clients they were having trouble getting insurance and, mm-hmm. and then now we're in a position where like we can use our network and we're large enough to offer insurance to ensure that our clients uh, stay in business uh, if if anything were to happen, like that insurance could cover. And then when you fast forward, like, or when you like zoom out and just look at how the cannabis industry has evolved in general, like you are seeing this like really interesting mix of like what's happening in New York. like, I feel like is what maybe happened in Cal or what is, what happened in California like six or seven years ago. It's what Mm -hmm. happened in Canada, I mean, four years ago. Um, And and history has a funny way of repeating itself, hopefully, hopefully learning too. Um, I will say though, in New York, in terms of the way New York has taken, you know, the topic of social equity and, and how they've been issuing social equity licensing and licensees, like it is something that we've never seen before uh, in a, any other state or, or anywhere, really. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of social equity being an afterthought or an, or like, you know, an add-on, it, it is actually like the core focus um, of New York. And, and it's been mm-hmm. really beautiful to learn from and see and to the point where other states are now revisiting their, their social equity program and, you know, net new markets like Maryland and, and Minnesota are working to New York. Um, to, to learn and, and see how they can incorporate um, social equity into their, their cannabis programs.
0: Yeah. That's quite interesting. What New York, and I want to talk about New York. Look, mm-hmm. look, the farther away I live in Austin, right? The farther away from New York that you are, uh-huh. you see, you see chaos, right? That's yeah. the reflection inflection that you get is it's chaotic. It's mm-hmm. not, um, it's not organized. You know, I was there for for um, Unpacked.
1: Yep, I'm Dan.
0: Yeah, I was there and walking around. I just saw so many illegal shops. And I think there's just some unique problems when when you're dealing with these illicit businesses and you're trying to move in and honor your commitment to the legal businesses. Right. Uh, What would just kind of give us the state of the situation there now and i had also you said other markets are looking in new york from a social equity perspective what should they be learning not to do
1: i think that you you had a good point in the beginning where Mm -hmm. the only way i feel that the Mm -hmm. legal market will thrive is if something is done with the illicit problem. And I gotcha. do want to point out, there's a there's a big difference between illicit and legacy. And, you know, illicit yes, is kind of even like right. a spectrum. Like legacy is a spectrum as well mm-hmm. too. Like on, on one end, you know, on on one side you have, it's an, a very overused term, but legacy to legal. So on, on one end of the spectrum, you do have legacy folks that in a sense have really like pioneered this industry for us. And they've earned the right to to benefit from the legalization uh, of the cannabis industry. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you have illicit. And those are folks that, you know, have have no plan to ever cross over into the legal framework. Mm-hmm. Those are the folks that, that are the problem. Uh, in New York specifically, there's been, you know, like you said, like a ton of uh, illicit bodegas that have yeah. shown up um, with untested, unregulated products. Um, you don't know how old the product is, mm-hmm. the vape cartridges, you don't know where they're made, you don't know what's in them. Um, so that—that that is bad for the entire industry. And in addition to that, uh, one you've probably heard in New York, its it's been a much slower rollout than originally anticipated. Right. And, and real estate in New York in a regular industry is is hard enough as it is um but with the cannabis industry it's even harder so you have these illicit bodegas that are essentially taking up a lot of real estate too mm-hmm. So if we were to get rid of the illicit bodegas you know we would also potentially like hypothetically have more real estate for the legal, legal. license dispensaries to
0: yeah. to
1: be in right so it's like two words with one stone. So, so yeah, I I know that New York um, has put together a, a task force um, to combat yeah. some of these illicit bodegas, and so mm-hmm. the works are starting. Um, Empire, which is like one of the most, you know, the one of the most famous, I I guess, like illicit operators. Mm-hmm. They recently got raided. Um, so you're starting yeah. starting to see that activity, and I'm hopeful that there's going to be more and more licensed legal dispensaries opening up in New York, especially near the end of the year.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's quite interesting. I'd look at it. I love your explanation of, of illicit and legacy. I look at legacy are the folks I want to bring with me. Illicit mm-hmm. are the folks I want to get out of the business.
1: Yeah. They're not in the industry at all. They are, you know, they're ruining it for for everyone else and it's bad for everyone and and again it's just like folks in the industry may know the difference but you know just like people who are not in the industry it's like I had a good friend who's smart individual and he ended up going to one of these Alyssa Bodegas to be like, oh, look, I bought this, it's legal. I'm like, no, he went to an Alyssa Bodega. And he's like, no, 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 there's like, look, there's like the packaging and uh-huh. it's got the warning signs and it like, it looks like legal tested licensed weed, but you know, it's, it's, I looked at it and it's old weed from California, right? <laughs> like, but I mean, I know that because I'm,
0: Yeah, weed, but that's right.
1: You know, people not in the industry. They they don't know that. And they're putting that stuff in their bodies. Like,
0: it No, you're yeah. absolutely right. And that's part of it. It's a very unhealthy way of purchasing, consuming, and experiencing uh, the the plant. Yeah. Look, Ann, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to yeah. get right back at it. I'm Vern Davis, and you are listening to Plant Profits, and I'm your host. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Ann Farkutsa. She's head of Strategic partners at Industry Relations at Dutchie. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is proudly brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Anne Forkutza. Anne is heading up strategic partners and industry relations with Dutchie, and we're engaged in a conversation about uh, New York. So let's, let's talk about from your perspective, New York is a big deal for you. There's a lot of matter. There's a lot of energy that a, a lot of companies like you are putting into to you New York. Tell me why. Tell me. Why.
1: Um. Well, I mean, as like, if you Google New York, and it's like in the news and, and everything, it's like New York, I mean, everything's just a big deal in New York, but especially in the cannabis industry, you know, next to yeah. California and especially with some of the stuff that's happening in California right now. Um, you like New New York is primed to be like one of, if not the largest market in in the country and mostly mm-hmm. all of North America and the world. So, you know, the entire industry everywhere, all eyes are on New York and and that Dutch, with Duchy it was no different, right? Like there was um, a New York State RFP that happened um, last year that mm-hmm. that Duchy was fortunate fortunate enough to win. Um, the scope of that RFP meant that we would be the point of sale of record um, for the hundred to hundred and fifty um, social equity stores uh, in New York State, and so that that was a huge. That's success. awesome. That's big. Deal. <laughs> Which, oh, Matt, I did, did not leave. I, well, hey, I Did
0: you take credit for that? Did you take credit for that win? Did you it take was, credit for that?
1: It was definitely a team effort. Definitely my baby from you know, from the day of submission to to the day that we announced that we won. But but definitely a team effort. I'm really grateful to have an incredible team. Um and that was a really, really big win for DuckT. Still is.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that's it. That's huge, but it goes back to our prior conversation. That can't happen until certain things, other things happen, right? Okay. You guys yeah. cannot realize the total impact of that win on your business and your mission of dispensaries first, right? You really yeah. can't realize that until certain things are done, which brings me to the difficulty of trying to eradicate the illicit market and and the uh, just the perspective of the community that lives in New York and in Metro New York about mm-hmm. what's happening to people that look like them from raids and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And and also at the same time, trying to raise them up by putting legal entities inside their neighborhoods. I, I just think that's difficult to do all at one time.
1: Yes, it is definitely difficult. But at the same time, like we are all stronger together, right? Like a rising yeah. tide slips all boats. Um, I really do need to commend the OCM, like the Office of Cannabis Management, which is right. the, the regulatory body uh, in New York. They have taken steps to promote like the education of, okay, this is, they, they've got, it's like a, a decal that it's turquoisey mm-hmm. color with the QR code. If there is that decal present in the front of the store, that means it is a licensed legal dispensary. And so okay, there's been a lot right. of efforts. Yeah, there's yeah. been some effort to uh, educate the community and the public on what the difference is between an illicit store and a licensed legal store. Um, we do still have a ways to go. Uh, I know that it gets, it's, it's really interesting because all the licensed legal dispensaries, when it comes to certain marketing regulations and the type of signage you can use and and the rules around that Um, you have you have some really beautiful looking illicit stores that and then on the other side with the licensed legal one because because they have to abide by certain regulations that are that are quite strict and stringent you you almost have them like you know with like window coverings and like very like muted signs and Seems like almost like the cards are stacked against like the licensed legal market, um, but but we'll get there. Just uh, no, all crawl before we walk and run. I guess.
0: Uh, no, abso- absolutely, absolutely. Look, I I, I want to switch to something a little different. I want to talk to you, to you about and get your feedback about Dutchie. What what you work at Dutchy? You're part of mm-hmm. Dutchie, You're out yep. front with the brand, right? People yeah. see you. There goes Dutchie. Right. And so what about Dutchie, the culture that you're just proud of, that you makes you want to continue to be there and that attracts other folks to your business?
1: That's a good question, Bren. (laughs) Um, Well, as long as I can remember, um, I've always had the desire to be part of something that's bigger than myself. I actually think every person who chooses to be in the cannabis industry um, has that desire, and we all have that that in common, and it connects us. And so, when I look at deci, um there there is that connection as well. It's like so. I'm really grateful to have colleagues who who came from you know who not only came from the cannabis industry years and years ago, but in addition right. to that. I'm grateful enough to to, like my colleagues. They some of them came from Apple and Google, Mm -hmm. like PayPal, you know, Toast, like Uber, like they've they've chosen to leave these really like big brands, tech firms. They've and they made the choice to come to Dutchy because they also want to be part of the cannabis industry movement yeah yeah and and be part of something that is that is bigger than all of us and i think that that is something that's really unique about dutchy it's like we are a cannabis tech company and but we are more than that and and i think when when folks end up working with us whether or not they're our clients they're you know our dispensary partners or they're our strategic partners i think that just like that Energy um, is really genuine, um, no matter who you meet at Duchy, and that rings true. And, and it does, and it does connect us. And uh, with when you like some of our clients, when they when they say, "Oh, you know, why did you pick Duchy? Like, why didn't you pick like so and so and like the other software company, right?" And and I think that we offer more than just software. Like, it's it's just when you look at software, software, software. At the end of the day i'm of course biased i do think we have like the greatest software (laughs) but you know it's not about like a certain button being nicer looking or a certain report that maybe like we have and so and so doesn't have it's like we genuinely believe in using whatever forces we can in our platform for good we Mm -hmm. you know in addition to new york we're part of you know national efforts like you know lobbying for safe Dachi is co-chair of a coalition to lobby to get rid of 280E. Um, so you know, people in the disp- or in the cannabis industry can have a chance at being a like again, like a viable business. Business, and, yeah. Yeah, have
0: proper call. deductions and exactly depreciations and
1: yeah. Exactly. Be treated like a regular business, like we were talking about earlier. And then my okay. colleague Brian Barish, like he's our VP of government relations and legal, like so he's co-chairing those efforts too so it's it's not again that that has nothing to do with selling software and and sometimes folks are like why does Dutchy care so much like why are we doing this like another example is that we're I'm, I'm in new york and we've been doing this this tour this like new york state dispensary showroom tour where we're we're literally like taking a mock dispensary and you know Tearing it down and building it up, and going through all over in New York State and uh, educating folks about what it takes to run a dispensary from front of the oh, house that's great. to back yeah. of house. Yeah. yeah, and the and the reason for that it it was you know it started off in a conversation with um, Desmond from the Bronx Cannabis Foundation, where they they through the Bronx Cannabis Hub represent about forty applicants, and mm-hmm. most of those folks who were applying for a dispensary license they had never been inside a licensed legal dispensary before. Um, and just like through that conversation this you know showroom idea manifested like we had our very first stop in the Bronx and then the reception was so positive that there was this big desire to to do that all over New York State and provide yeah provide the opportunity, for folks to have access to that level of education, even though they didn't live in the city. Um, so we've gone through, like, all through Western New York, upstate, um, we just finished one on Long Island, and and a lot of, like, in New York, there's been feedback where a lot of the access to education and to programs, they're all in Manhattan, they're all in right. Brooklyn, but, like, New York State is a lot bigger than that. Um, so going yeah. back to, like, okay, why Dutchie, and and that is an example where we get asked, it's like, why does Dutchy care? Why is Dutchie even doing this dispensary tour all over New York State? Like and and it's like if we don't care, it's like ancillary companies like Duchy, like the picks and shovels, right? Of, right. of the, the operation, if if these if card licensees or dispensary operators, if they don't have the tools and the education to be successful business operators, then having a point of sale or having software to run at dispensaries like that doesn't even matter so it's it's really at dutchy it's like we're we're larger than just the software component aspect we have you know a network um i always say that like if if i don't know someone chances are like someone at dutchy or like we'll know someone who knows someone so it's right. really just that that network effect. And and I think that that is, that is something that's, that's really special and unique at Dutchie that that no one else has.
0: Well, that's beautiful. And it, it sounds like Dutchie is an amazing place to not, it's it's more than a software company. It's making a difference in the culture of the business and it's impacting the entire ecosphere of the cannabis arena. And I, I just, I think that's great. And I want to thank you, Anne, for being on plant profits and and uh showing up today and and bringing it and uh really bringing us inside of the industry some of the struggles in the business and the real big opportunities as you guys see it and I love how you explained how and why you guys are expanding your offerings to dispensaries and and it it's always different and I'll say this it's always different when talking to a company that knows their north star and then <laughs> They tell you what the North Star is. Yeah. And then when they talk about it, it all comes back. Everything you said today came back to dispensary. Oh. And and I think that's a beautiful thing. And yeah. and those folks at that, you're very, very lucky. So I want to thank all of you for joining us here <laughs> on Plant Profits. And but uh, you can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com, uh, who's our partner in this whole venture. Or subscribe to the show on all major podcast outlets, including Apple, Amazon. We're everywhere. Anywhere you get a podcast, (laughs) you
1: are everywhere.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, and we're we're everywhere. And then you can also follow my company, Protus Global, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on all major platforms of social media. We are there and really understand what we do and how we build companies, and we we build companies. Billions and billions of dollars have added on because of what we do to our clients. And we've changed people's lives. And that's, that's protisglobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, I'm Burn Davis, your host of Planned Profits. Cheers.